Welcome to Sabby Sab's podcast on Call-In. Tonight's episode is episode 17, Jimmy Dore for president. Jimmy Dore announced on Sabby Sab's podcast that he's considering running for president. What are your thoughts? And I see we already have callers lined up. So I'm going to go ahead and take the first caller, and that is Rena. So you'll just have to hit the unmute button. Hi, Sabby. I've gotten to hear a couple of your live streams today, which is kind of amazing and unusual because normally Fridays have way too much content and it's it's impossible to catch everything, especially to catch it all live. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people are on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's highly competitive is all I would say about it, but I guess that's a good problem for us all to have. Um, anyway, uh, I like, I like Jimmy Dore a lot. I don't know that I, I don't know that I think he should run for president. I, I don't know that I would wish that on my worst enemy. Uh, I also like Jesse Ventura a lot. I think, I think he'd be, you know, Ventura Dore, Dore Ventura, either way, I think would be great as independent candidates. But, you know, I'm, again, I'm not sure I wish it on either one of them. Um, I haven't voted for uh, I haven't voted for a Democrat since 2008. I haven't been in the Democratic Party since 2009, and uh, and that doesn't mean I've been voting for Republicans either. I voted for Jill Stein twice, and I voted for uh, Howie Hawkins last go round. So I will I will definitely not be voting for what other whatever Democrat they come up with or certainly not for the Republicans and not for the Libertarians because they're idiots as far as uh, economics is concerned. The one thing I will say about that most recent uh, clip you had of of Jimmy on uh, Tucker Carlson is uh, I was really glad to see him include Republicans in his rant. And of course, of course he does that anyway, if anybody pays attention and I watch a lot of a lot of Jimmy Dore. So I know he criticizes Republicans also. He he does reserve I think more fire for Democrats and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh but but this recent criticism that he and Brianna and uh Glenn Greenwald are right-wing people and they're not not people of the left and all that kind of bullshit and they they're grifters and they're and they're going for, I don't know, the big money from the right wing or something. It's it's all very mysterious to me. But but anyway, I, I was very glad to see Bree push back on that today. She had a very good segment with uh, Katie Halper that I also got to catch live this morning. And, uh, and again, I was just really happy to see Jimmy really hit hammer on uh, Mitch McConnell and other Republicans in general. And to point out what George Galloway always says, that the two main parties in the, in, he, he says it for, about the United Kingdom, but it applies in this country as well. The two, the two main parties are two cheeks of the same backside. And that's what they are. They're both corporate parties. Two, two wings on the same buzzard. There, you know, there are, there are lots of colorful ways to say it. And I'm really glad that Jimmy is going back to hammering on that more because people have to get it through their heads that the solution to Democrats 
being terrible isn't to join the Republican Party. So, right. yeah, right. and that really is all I have to say about anything. You've done yeoman work all day today, and good on you. And uh, thanks for all you do, and the other people on uh, Revolutionary Blackout, and it's all been great. Thanks a bunch. Thanks so much. One quick question, Rena. So you said the last time you voted Democrat was 08. So I guess Obama was what uh, drove you off the cliff, huh? Because that's what ended it for he me. He did. He yeah. did. Yep. 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 I, 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 when I comment on it on Twitter, I use the hashtag, thanks Obama. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Obama, you know, and Dem exit and uh, yeah, thanks Obama. Yeah, I, I was done. I was done after that. Yeah, he fooled me once. But uh, no, <laughs> no more. No mas. Gotcha. Well, thanks so much for calling in, Rena. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I think, uh, you know, Rena makes a good point. Yeah. It's, you know, I try to call out both parties. I do tend to focus more so on the leadership that's currently in office. So when Trump was in office, although I didn't have my show at that point, I heavily criticized Trump. Uh, on social media. <laughs> Actually, that's where I like the idea of my show came from. I was criticizing politicians on Facebook and it was actually friends of mine that were like, look, this is not really the platform for this. <laughs> they were like, you should probably take this to YouTube because we don't want to sit here and read your long essays about politicians. So um, yeah, I think that's the reason why I focus so heavily on Joe Biden because he's the one that's in charge right now. And I think the Democratic Party has fooled a lot of people over the years, myself included. Uh, I'm gonna take the next caller and that is Ashura. Hello. Volume up now? Uh, your volume's a little low. It sounds like you're um, not close to the phone, but I can hear you. Um, not really. Okay. While we're waiting on Ashura, um, I hope everybody's having a good Friday. What was that? It's it's really low. Is it on speaker? I think it might just be your phone, Ashura. Uh, to the caller that was there for having a four. Yep. I don't I don't know if he was saying you could basically take it. He was saying it has the same. Uh, right. But, but the thing I find Nick Brana is running or not, but Nick Brana trying to basically. <laughs> Oh boy. The MPP component is a whole, it's so complicated. Like it's, and I say that because there are things that, there are things that people who have worked with MPP know that I know, but I can't share. And there are things that I don't know. And it's just, it's really, it's frustrating. It's complicated. You know, it's just, I wish there was more transparency. Um, but you know, maybe who knows what will happen. Maybe Jimmy, you know, may not run after all, but some people were telling me they would like to see him run as an independent or a green instead. I was looking at last night, Nick Brana, because I was gonna call in his so I wanted to ask him, would he run as if he runs as the he's gonna have, have a bunch of uh he's gonna have his own Nick Brana's back. They're gonna have to ask him about him. How come there's never no transfer? So I'd rather G most find I've always find why is it that I'm he has something that, and I, I remember you right so right this, the thing about the Nick it's run like a Democratic Party light <laughs> I thought I, winning in the Democratic 
you know, these are all these are all really good questions, Ashura. And I think it would be really great for like Nick to do like a panel where or maybe a webinar, excuse me, where viewers can actually call in like we're doing right now, can call in and ask these questions. I mean, I think I think these are valid questions. I mean, right now they're only on the ballot in Florida and Virginia. So that's the thing. I mean, when Jimmy was on my show, he said to himself, he said, they're not an official party. So unless something changes by 2024, I mean, I don't know. You know, some of these states are very difficult to get ballot access to get on the, like that kind of thing is a new organization. So I don't know. I, I just know like there's, there's a lot, so much has happened with MPP and I will say Nick, Nick Brana did go on Franco's show. Um, and Franco did ask him a lot of questions about the organization. Um, but part of the problem is there are other platforms that will not have Nick Brana on. And this was before all this drama, all this other stuff started. Like this was before, um, the volunteers, you know, came out with their complaints. This is before the harassment complaints, even going back over a year ago, there were some platforms that would not bring him on. Like I know Nick Brana did say, did reach out and did say to Kyle Kalinske that he would love to talk to him about the strategy and about MPP that he gave them the invitation that never happened. Um, so some people just don't want to bring him on because they don't think that third parties are viable. Uh, I don't think that that's fair. I think even if you don't think third parties are viable, you should still entertain the conversation because you can educate each other. That's kind of how I look at it. But that's, I think, part of the problem. Some people don't want to bring him on. He wants to stay. Leadership is bad. Why are you dating your employee? I mean, I personally wouldn't do that, but, you know, to each, to each its own. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, these are, these are all good points, like good, like valid points, you know? Um, again, like right now they're only on the ballot in two states. So. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, and you notice, like, even when he was on my show and I asked him about it, he didn't say he said he's he's considering it, yeah. but he would prefer that someone else run. But even yeah. then, he didn't say, yes, I would be running through MPP. But I think that's assumed. Yeah, I mean, some do if he would have to quit his show. And I, I honestly don't know how that works with the YouTube show. I do know that. um with RT, that was one of the issues. Like, if Jesse Ventura would have ran, he would have had to leave RT. Same thing for Chris Hedges at the time. Although I know now, like, that doesn't really matter because, you know, it's not there anymore. But um, these are all valid questions. Those are all valid. valid. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Um. I mean, I, in reference to, like, the TYT people, God. I mean, a lot of people have been through TYT, right? Like, I, I think there are a lot of relationships in that organization that, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know all the, the issues, but for whatever reason, didn't last. And I think, so I can't really, you know, comment on that per se. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you from my experience that there are, it's just one of the things you learn when you get into the space. There are some people who truly, really just want to be your friend. And then there are some people that they want to be your friend as long as they can get something out of you 
or you can benefit them in some way, shape or form. You can connect them with someone or something like that. And then once they don't need anything from you, they can dismiss you. I can yeah. tell you that. He wants to be a YouTube run. So anyway, that's, uh, that's probably the end. Okay. Thanks so much, Ashura. Okay. I'm going to go to the next caller and that is Eric. You are on the mic. Hey, what's going on? Hello. <laughs> um, Let's see. So, I'd be good with Jimmy Run for president. Um, obviously, he could probably just take the Green Party platform and and his run and and imagine this. Imagine like a Jimmy Dore, Angela Walker ticket or something. I can see that. Um, there are a lot of people I can think of. Like, I know I already like. Uh, when I met up with Jill Stein, like that was one of the questions we did ask, like, was she, she's not going to, um, but there's also other people that I would like to see join along with him. If he does run, Cynthia McKinney would be a good one. She's been through this before. She knows what's expected. She's also been in Congress. <laughs> she knows how, how they, how they operate. Uh, Jesse Ventura would be great as well. Also Chris Hedges. Uh, Cornell West, like there's, there's so many people. I don't think Cornell West would ever do it, but, um, I, Honestly, think, I don't think Chris would either. You don't think Chris Hedges would? Nah, I don't think he would. Hmm. I mean, if the, I mean, I get, I guess if the circumstances were right, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think I can see Chris doing it. I think, didn't Chris Hedges run Green Party before? Maybe he was for like a, Maybe it was like a local position. I have to look that, that up. Was Rich, that was Richard Wolf. Oh, Richard Wolf. Oh, man. Yeah, that was Richard Wolf. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I only remember uh, that because of an interview he did on Bad Faith. That's it. That's all. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I mixed them up. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, like, like, because Chris Hedges, like, he, he knows so much about the political game. Right, but you're right. Maybe he wouldn't either. Or maybe, maybe be like some outside advisor or something that's not necessarily involved in the day to day, but it's someone you know you can kind of consult with or something like that. We can put Richard Wolf in Treasury, make him the treasurer, yeah. right? Or, or whatever, whatever. What, what's, or take over Janet Yellen's position. Dear God. <laughs> Yeah, put put okay, put him in treasure put him as the treasurer and then we could put um shoot balls and I forgot his name. Oh, Chris Hedges over Giannis? labor. Or you could put Chris Hedges over labor, or you could, could put uh Chris Hedges over crim the criminal justice system. Because remember he works a lot with the prison system uh systems, excuse me, prison systems and he's actually helped prisoners once they're released, like get back get their life back. Yeah. We're that, making that, a dream team, you guys. For people listening in, we're making a dream team. <laughs> Shoot, at this point I'd I'd be I'd be totally down with this dream team. <sighs> um also I guess also I'd wanna in a magical world, I'd want a board of teachers, I guess. And in really fixing education. Like Grab Cornell West. Yep. I'm just saying, like, it just, I'm thinking of all the people 
you know, like a dream team. Like, let's build like, remember like the dream team from like the Olympics, the original dream team with Michael Jordan and all of them. Let's build like a dream team. And you could have like, like if you had Cornell West in the cabinet, you had Chris Hedges, you had Cynthia McKinney, you had, um, if Jill Stein was, was going to do it, you had Jill Stein, you had Jesse Ventura. Could you imagine you had Chris Hedges, Richard Wolf? We got to find a role for a job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Him too. I yeah. mean, it, it's so many, I don't know. Like it just, I, I just, you know, there, there's so many bright minds. And I think about like, how would they be as politicians? And, you know, could they get us further along the line? I don't know, like put, um, just put that whole team together. <laughs> now that's a dream team. Yes, ma'am. Jimmy's in the queue. Is he? Uh, that's what Eric said, but I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him, Eric. Does well, he have a different name? I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Eric, I don't see him. What's his name in the? Oh, it's James. Oh, um, ah, may have to scroll a bit. Yeah, is is it him with this um Michelle Obama face? Where do you see that? See, this phone sucks. I told you guys. <laughs> yeah, Eric, I'm looking. Can you invite him to speak? Or Eric, will it let you do that, or do I have to do that? Eric, I'm a. I don't know what to do. I can't see it. Other people are saying they see it. He must be all the way at the end. He's kind of. Kind of. See, this stupid app. You know what? I'm going to do it on the computer. Because the app <laughs> is all of the faces. And then at the bottom, it says three others. But it won't show me who the three others were. So I'm, I can probably see it on the computer. Let's see. He's sixth in line. Oh, he's in the call. The call yeah, line. yeah, he's in the call in line. Oh. I was looking at the wrong thing. Oh, I see it. I'm invite him to speak. Invite to speak. Okay, Jimmy, I just invited you to speak. And then you have to accept that and then you'll get out of the call with you. Oh, there's case study QB. Oh, we got case study QB and Jimmy Dore. Oh. Hey, what's up, Savvy? Hi. What's How going on, everybody? Much love. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Hey, good to see you. Uh, thanks for putting that video on. I appreciate now, it. Much love. Uh, Savvy, I, I'm always surprised. I talked about this when I was on your show last time. People's obsession with the People's Party and Nick Brana. Uh, I never see. You, you might as well be obsessing about Girl Scouts 346 in Southampton. It doesn't, they, they have no power. They have no power. They have no money. They don't even have a party. So for people to focus on a, 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 a an organization that doesn't even exist, uh, it shows you that that's how propaganda works, right? So that's immediately what they're going to do. They're, so the People's Party was infiltrated and divided and before it ever got started. How the fuck do you think this works? Just like the DSA is infiltrated and fucking co-opted, they're trying to infiltrate anybody. The, the Green Party is infiltrated. Fucking Howie, Howie uh, Hawkins was a fucking number one Russia gator. Are you shitting me? That guy sounds like a shit lib and he's supposed to be the fucking head of the Green Party. So this is how it works. So people focusing on 
uh, a party that has no power, no one elected, doesn't even on the ballot anywhere, is uh, that's how propaganda works. And it gets people to focus and be distracted. That's nothing but a huge distraction. Focus on the issues. Focus on keeping people together and and, noti- and, and recognizing our common interests, just like J- uh, Jason uh, Christian Smalls did in Staten Island with Uh, Amazon, you get people to recognize you have a common enemy and you have more interests that keep you together that are dividing you and you work on the things that you have in common. And then a luxury is worrying about the things that divide you. But a necessity is focusing on the things that uh, keep you together, the common interests. That's what you have to focus on. And focusing on a party that doesn't even fucking exist is the definition of a waste of time. All right, Jimmy. I'm glad you I'm glad you explained that because I was explaining to people. I think People's Party only on the ballot in two states. So I don't know what what this case you want to say something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um a, a lot of or Jimmy, have you guys heard about that Intercept article where it talks about the progressive organizations that have pretty much it, it seems if they haven't been infiltrated, it seems like they're acting as if they're been infiltrated because they they have these mandates to help out with um different progressive issues but they're too busy infighting and it it kind of reminds me of what Jimmy um Jimmy just said as far as let's focus on the issues because you know we're, there's different organizations that's going to continue to come up matter of fact I'm I'm working on um a side project right now and I was talking to the person I'm working with to develop it and I'm like this is exactly what we do not want to happen we don't want people coming in as infiltrators and then messing up. Like we have to learn from the past mistakes. And the one thing that was brought up is like that list, that CIA list of how to infiltrate and muck up a organization. And one of the things is um, to make sure that the groups, like you you just um, continue to bring up constant uh, issues that have been resolved already, go ahead and bring it back up. Like there's a whole list of different things. So I I definitely agree that we have to focus on the issues. That's what I wanted to say. That's a good point. Yeah, a hundred percent. We also, I I don't know if you, that's a great thing to bring up. Uh, The CIA has a handbook on how to infiltrate and slow down the gears of any kind of uh, independent organization or any organization that's organized around uh, pushing back against the establishment and status quo. And one of those things is, yes, to keep bringing up things that are already settled, keep asking for points of order, keep asking to uh, for more meetings, more hearings, more clarifications, just anything you can do to slow it down. That's one of the things they do. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, so and to think that the CIA and the intelligence community and the establishment and oligarchy aren't interested in uh, infiltrating YouTube. They are YouTube. I mean, Google's in bed with the CIA and the fucking military industrial complex. They are them. What do you mean? They're getting they don't need to be. And so but so that's my point is that it, when, when it always drives me. Did I lose you? Are you still there? I'm here. I just muted okay, myself. Good. Yeah, no, no. The thing that drives me crazy is people focus on an organization with no money and no power, uh, and and just just don't let people. Anytime anybody's going to try to start a party uh, or an organization that challenges the status quo, they're got, this is going to happen. 
And to focus on any, again, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's just such a waste of time. And it just shows you how propaganda works. And anybody focusing on uh, an organization with zero money and zero power is wasting their time. So let's focus on the issues. Let's focus on not dividing people. Let's focus on common common ground that we have with people who are of the same class, but are think a little different politically. Let's, what do we have in common with fucking gun nuts? What do we have in common with those, those people? And uh, and maybe we can work. I think we have on. We want to end the wars. I think we want a living wage. I think we uh, we we both don't like Donald Trump, the Republican Party, or the Democratic Party. I there's a lot of things we can work on. Everybody's being crushed by the same economy. Everybody's being crushed by the same oligarchs. And you see how the gears of Washington works. They can snap their fingers and come up with a hundred billion dollars in two weeks for military, for bombs. For why? Because they're the ones who actually control the government. Our votes don't control the government. The Princeton study completely should have disabused anybody of that stupid idea that your vote matters or that they listen to you or that you have any influence on the government right now, because we do not. And what we need is we need to, or just like Bernie Sanders said 25 years ago, we, there has to be a rainbow coalition and it has to happen outside the Democratic Party. And if you're going to start shitting on any organization before they even get going, we're never going to get there. So refrain from doing that. Curb your your flex to punch down, because when you're shitting on the People's Party, that's what you're doing. You're punching down. Now, keep your focus on the fucking oligarchs. Keep your focus on the corporate. Uh oh. Oh, Jimmy, I think you cut out. I'll go ahead. I'm um, Deanna. I'm going to go ahead and bring you in um, as a caller. But yeah, that's one thing I will say that you guys don't understand. You don't understand how many times like every day someone contacts me with a Twitter DM or an email message about MPP. And I'm just like, I'm not even a part of MPP. So it, it gets frustrating sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm not even a part of this organization. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Uh, I, I appreciate you doing this, Sabby. And I appreciate you having me on the other day. And, uh, you know. I would I would I wish the people at the Revolutionary Black Network would reach out to people like Dave Chappelle, right? Like I I I know I knew him. I know people who know him, but I don't know what he thinks of me. So uh, I know he was with Andrew Yang. So I don't know what he. So I I, I would uh, I was just thinking about that today because Andrew Yang tweeted out a thing. Who do you trust more, politicians, comedians, or journalists? And of course, it was overwhelming for comedians. And then he tweeted out a picture of himself with Dave Chappelle. And I was like, boy, it's just too bad that Dave Chappelle got mixed up with a neoliberal like Andrew Yang. But he did have some good ideas. You know, he brought to the attention of, uh, you know, a UBI. So that was good. I don't want to say everything Andrew did was bad, but that was good. So anyway, uh, that's just let me put just put that out there and have you guys if you could get into his radar, that would be great. Yeah, I think um, there's a couple people. I'll pass it to you, Deanna. There's okay. a couple people we've been trying to get in touch with, but we just weren't able to find contact information from them. Dave Chappelle is one of them. Ralph Nader is almost impossible to find, even though I think he lives in New Hampshire. I think he's close to me. Uh, Chris Hedges is another one. That's hard. Like we just, some people require an introduction. And I think, um, I know Chris Hedges requires an introduction. Um, I got to find Ralph Nader. I know he's somewhere close. But yeah, like Dave Chappelle, that would be someone we would love to get on and talk to. It's just finding contact info. Okay, I can get you that. I'll get you that. Oh, I, hi, Savvy and Jimmy. 
Uh, I'm a huge fan. And I've been saying since I watched Jimmy sit down with Tucker for that hour-long conversation on Tucker's um, show, uh, not his TV show, but right. his, 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 it was absolutely riveting. They agreed on about 80% of things, and I think a ticket with the two of them would be absolutely unbeatable. I think we should start a pack, and I think those of us who believe in Jimmy should be putting money into it, and those who believe in, in Tucker should be putting money into it. And because there are a few things that they differ on, they can come to a resolution. I'm sure Mike Pence and Donald Trump disagreed on many things, as do Kamala and Joe Biden. So a, a dual ticket with the two of them, I think, would be unstoppable, truly. And I also feel that that Jimmy is a leader among us right now because he's the only one who's fearless about speaking out on everything. This mealy-mouthed sort of Kyle Kalinske vibe, <laughs> I'm over it. I can't take it and i i mean maybe it's because i'm a leo jimmy's a leo um um uh, brie is a leo <laughs> maybe it's a leo surge that's happening i don't know but i can't stand the way they kowtow to these people who have betrayed us have gotten into congress and betrayed everything they allegedly stood for when we were voting for them i haven't voted for a democrat since obama he cured me completely and um, I voted for Jill Stein in, in 2016. I had to write in Howie Hawkins, though I wasn't really into his platform. But here in Georgia, where I live, there was no third person on the ballot. I had to just write in somebody. So I wrote him in. But, you know, it, it's really, these are crucial times. And I think people are fed up. I was with someone today who said, Look, these prices are so high that if everyone just said, I'm not buying any chicken until the prices come down. We all have enough uh, chicken in our freezers to survive for a week. And I think the oligarchs would get a little uh, perturbed or upset or at least take notice if people moved in a massive way to affect their pockets. Because really, really... That's what's running our country. Money, checks, donors, and bought out politicians. So we have to um, address that as well. And my idea for that is an organization called Lobbyists for the People, where, again, we all send our little $5, $20 a month or whatever to it and bribe them the way the rest of them are doing. I mean, Google pays $19 million a year to their lobbyists or, uh, you know, the numbers are exorbitant. But as a country, we could raise that and we could hire lobbyists to go in and fight for the things that we actually want. So, you know, especially since the politicians will just do anything if, if someone is paying them. So that's all I have to say. I think Tucker... Door 2024 is unbeatable, unstoppable, and Democrats have to get over themselves. Tucker has, you know, some iffy ways, but hey, you're not going to agree with anyone 100% of the time. He has a movement of people. 
Um, Joe Rogan is another one that if you could convince him to run those two Leos, Door, go, uh, uh, Joe and Rogan would be unstoppable. There's no one in either party who could beat them. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I don't think Joe Rogan would run, but it- I don't either. Thank you so much for that. I was- but I think Tucker would. Yeah, I want to remind everyone, like, but, to pay, uh, like, I want everyone to pay like close attention to what's going on right now because as these next couple of months happen, you're going to see people who are on the left start to act a little shady. I'm going to go ahead and prepare you for it right now. Hold on one second. There's a car coming by. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and prepare you for it now because I told you guys about this a couple months ago, how people are starting to smear people. Leftists are smearing people on the left and saying that we're right wing. And I want you to pay close attention to that because you're going to see more of that. And there's a reason why that is being done. There are certain people that they're left, but they still want to keep the status quo. And you need to be very wary of those people. So when people ask me, like, why are you talking about Jink Uger smearing Brianna Joy Gray? Because you need to pay attention to that. You need to pay attention to people who are calling people. Obviously, Brianna is not a right winger. So you need to pay attention to, to the type of behavior that's happening because they're, they're out for it. I'm letting you know right now, a lot of people that depended on Bernie Sanders, like movement that really like jump started their careers and gave them a lot of money. These people are failing right now. Like guys, I have two buddy. I showed you, I see the numbers. I see they're not getting subscribers. And so they're going to say things about people who are saying, hey, maybe we should just like leave the two party system and try to do something different. They're going to smear all of us. So I just want to want to wake you up to that. I could not give two flying, you know what, about what they say or do. I'm going to, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't care. I've been an independent my whole life. So the Democrats just lassoed me in for a few candidates along the way, Obama being the last. But I I vote policy and I always vote local. I vote my uh, in the primaries here in Georgia. I'm active. I just believe in uh, I guess I was raised to believe in in letting my voice be heard. However, I don't care what they say or think or do. They're bought and paid for. They are capitulators. They have been sold and they have a price tag. And I don't believe in that. I think politics should be for the people, by the people and uh, uplift the people. That 40 billion was the last straw for me. Well, I'm sorry, 54 billion because it literally I was watching Jimmy last night uh, laying out uh, the groundwork for how homeless homelessness can just end. I'm all about ending the problems we have. We could have UBI and it could end poverty and homelessness can be ended with providing homes for everyone. Medicare for all is cheaper than this ridiculous system we have right now. So we need people, a movement of the people and people who will represent us in a way that gets things done. Yeah. I just posted a clip as well, Deanna, um, that they're ending the free school lunches lunches is expiring June 30th. And I I literally, I hardly put any comments or editorialize my clips because I I really just, um, I put it out there, but this time I put, but we give over 40 billion and you just said it correctly, Deanna, 53 or whatever for Ukraine. 
while here at home, we're ending free school lunch after right. a pandemic. It's crazy. And they're giving those people homes and stipends and all sorts of um, uh, aid and assistance. And there are Americans who are going without. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely unacceptable. And we should not stand for it anymore. 100%. Thank you. I will move on so someone else can can be heard. Thank you so much, Deanna. I'm going to bring in Anthony. Anthony, one of my regulars. What's going on? So great to talk with you. What a crazy topic. I would uh, absolutely go to the mat for Jimmy and support the campaign. Not that, you know, I have much sway. You know, even most of my family and friends, they all think I'm a conspiracy theorist at this point. But, you know, obviously it's a really broken system. And for real, that's the main thing to get out of it. And I'm just thinking, you know, what the, what the outcomes would be. Uh, would it be just to raise consciousness and to like, you know, pierce the veil and uh, disrupt the duopoly in the media cycle? That definitely could happen. Or to uh, to actually win. I don't know. Maybe even that's possible. A 35 percent plurality or throw in the electoral college, something crazy. It could happen. So I, I'm all possibilities are there. And um, that's not to say, you know, I agree with you, Jimmy, on everything. And that, that's the thing. When I was just, when I'm watching your show, I'm kind of just a casual observer and I don't really have to co-sign anything. But then if I was to be a supporter, quote unquote, then, uh, you know, if, if there's something I don't agree with, I'd be like kind of I'd have to explain it to my family or friends if that's something they uh, brought up. And I thought it was, you know, uh, actual policy based criticism, not, you know, just some personality BS. But, yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty great idea. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I would say so, too. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of us are running into, in case you, you might be familiar with this as well, is just getting being able to reach people on those outlets. So I talked about this tonight, obviously, Jimmy going on Tucker Carlson. The thing that I said that I really liked is the fact that Jimmy brought it back to the money. People need to hear that, yes, when you vote for Joe Biden, you are voting for Goldman Sachs. And I showed you guys their donors and stuff tonight. Like, that's what you're really voting for. So people really need to know that because I don't think Americans I talk to, they don't really understand how the money works and how it affects policy. Yeah, it is definitely valuable to get the progressive um, uh, mantra out there. And uh, that's why it is good. I'm, I'm definitely one of the people that support uh, progressives going on any outlet, including Fox. You know, I, I was listening to Brianna Joy Gray today. She was on Katie Halper's show and she talked about how. Um, a, a booker at MSNBC, I think she got fired just for mentioning to bring up Breonna Joy Gray to come on MSNBC. Like it, it's it's just crazy how um, the the so-called left mainstream media, who's supposed to be amplifying you know the left uh, narrative, is that they're the ones hindering it the most. And, and then you have people on Twitter who get mad at uh, people going on Fox News. Like, even if Bree, Bree didn't never went on Fox, but um, unfortunately, Jenk, it was like giving her credit. But at the same time, it was the host from Mediate that kind of like led the witness to Jenk. So I think, and that's what Bree said as well. She tried to give Jenk a little bit of grace there. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely hard to get the, the media, the progressive narrative out there. I agree. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but I was actually asked to go on CNN to talk about what was going on in higher education. This was last year. And they asked me for like information, like, obviously, do you have social media platforms? 
my silly self, put my YouTube channel on there. And I was set to go on there to talk about what was going on with the funding in higher ed. And then they called me back and they said, uh, yeah, based on your platform, we don't think this is appropriate, appropriate conversation for you. So they don't want us on there. Like that, that's why you'll see people like Glenn Greenwald go on to Fox because that's one of the few channels that will have him on. Nick, I see you're here. You want to unmute? Hey, Nick. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Case? So Jimmy, so sad. Uh, I'm just showing my brother here, I'm trying to get caught up on everything that's happening. Jimmy, great show. Great show is always savvy. I saw that. I saw that earlier. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, you want to ask the question again? I'll just, I'll just now join and I'll just now listening now. We were talking about um, Jimmy, Jimmy Dore for president. And, you know, obviously there's been like people are already getting attacked, right? Oh, yeah. See, you already knew that was going to happen. You already knew that was going to happen. As soon as you have anyone who's going to challenge both parties and they're always the narrative that like Jimmy would go on Tucker and he wouldn't challenge Tucker and and his ideas. But he called out both parties, and that's what we want, right? We want anti-imperialists. We want uh, someone who supports Medicare for on the ballot, right? So it's going to be like a lot of people are about to be exposed, Savvy. It's going to be hilarious because a lot of people are going to vote against Medicare for on the ballot just because they have Jimmy Dore derangement syndrome, and I'm going to be here to laugh at them when it happens. The same people that say they support Medicare for all, they're going to support, they're going to vote for Jim Crow Joe over Jimmy just because they have this vendetta, and they're going to be exposed for uh, the partisan clowns they are. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Jimmy, you want to say something? We were talking about MPP too, how people need to like not focus on that. And we need to focus on the issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't want to run. <laughs> this is not something I'm looking to try to take stress out of my life, not add stress, but I do recognize that this, the, if it's Joe Biden and Donald Trump, that someone with my message is ripe. It's the perfect time for someone with this message. Uh, and I think it could have a real impact. And I wish someone besides me were out there pushing this message. I wish someone on the left would be going on Tucker Carlson talking about our common shared interests and the damage that we both get uh, done to us by the oligarchy. We have a common enemy. And we can work on problems together. And right now we have a completely corrupt, you know, people say that the system is broken. The system isn't broken. It's corrupted. So that's what I think we need to remind people of. It's not a broken system. The system is working exactly how the rich people who run it want it to run, that we get distracted fighting each other in tribalism when they're the ones pulling the strings on exactly the both parties. Sabby just showed it on her YouTube show how they're all funded by the same people. And that's why we get the same policies, no matter who, no matter who's in power, they give another hundred billion dollars to the military. They did it under Donald Trump. They said Donald Trump was working with uh, Russia and he's a traitor to our country. And then they gave him, the commander in chief, an extra hundred and thirty two billion dollars to go do war. Again, we have enough money for child uh, for lunches in schools. We have enough money to fix to fix homelessness. Ten times over, we could have fixed it with the money they've spent on the military just since Donald Trump was elected. They could have fixed homelessness ten times over. They don't want to. And I showed how you know how you fix homelessness. It's really easy. They did it in Finland. And you know what state has the lowest homelessness in America? Mississippi. And you know why? Because they build houses. 
That's why they built houses. You know why a mediocre house in California costs a million dollars? Because they won't build more houses. That's why. And rent control doesn't work because the people who own the government put a loophole into rent control in California, which allows you to demolish rent controlled buildings and then build back luxury buildings. So whenever they so now landlords are incentivized to destroy rent controlled buildings, which they do. And then they rebuild luxury apartments, which they do. I was in a rent controlled building. The guy get bribed me to leave. I was leaving anyways, but he gave me money to leave. That's how desperate these landlords are to get rid of rent controlled profit and then he immediately turned it into a high rent luxury apartment my point is my point is we've got the money to fix this stuff we can fix homelessness just as fast as they spit they sent 54 billion dollars to ukraine they can fix homelessness and not only did they send 54 billion dollars to ukraine but they announced today that they're giving the pentagon an extra 45 billion dollars on top of what they requested that's how corrupt our system is it's not broken it's it's working perfectly for the people who own our system and i wish somebody with this message would run for president but nobody will andrew yang is the closest we came he's He's not. He's part of it. He's part of the neoliberal. When he's going to start a new party, it's going to be funded by the same people who fund the Democrats and Republicans. So Andrew Yang is not the answer or that neoliberal billionaire funded party. The answer is someone who has a message like this. And I wish it was someone else. The last thing I want to do is open myself up for this kind of ridicule, for these kind of people digging up dirt on me, spending millions of dollars to get people to say negative things about me, interviewing my family. They'll be doing all that stuff. They'll be finding anybody who, and I do not want to put myself through that. I do not want to uh, have stress put on my marriage, have stress put on my life. I don't want to do that. That's why I really wish someone else with this message would run. Someone like Chris Hedges would be great. He teaches inside of uh, prisons, right? And he uh, and he's an educated elite. So and he's a Pulitzer Prize winning guy. He gets it, right? So he can speak with authenticity uh, to these issues. And so I don't want to do this. Uh, believe me, the last thing I need is this. I've gotten everything I wanted in my life. I became a popular comedian, and now I can draw my own crowd wherever I go in the United States, and I can do my comedy. That's all I ever wanted in my life. I have that. The last thing I want to do is have the most powerful, moneyed people in the, in the country come at me. That's the last thing I want, But that's what the, because that's what this will be. So I wish someone else would step up. I want someone else with uh, this message to run and I'll support them. I would really w much more appreciate that. I would really like that to be the situation. Yeah, yeah. If that if that all goes through, uh, we should just write in something funny, you know, or not. No. Yeah, if, when you when you listen to that, when you listen to that message, what can they counter that with, though? And that's the problem that even the progressives have. They not even that aggressive they're not even calling out the establishment with ukraine they joining the establishment with ukraine they joined the establishment with the covid narrative so how do they even counter that and i don't put too much faith in electoral politics but but you can use it as a as a way to build momentum for a movement like i don't like bernie sanders but the bernie campaign led us to radicalize our neighbors and that's why i used it so imagine if you had someone like jimmy Imagine if you had someone with that same energy willing to call out all the establishment lies, 
not just the Democrat approved narrative, right? How would they even counter that? Especially when you have an entire independent media apparatus that would, uh, we would serve as a way to debunk the constant attacks and bullshit that you see waved at Jimmy or any other independent person who will run against our establishment. I think it's needed. Like, don't, we need to give people a, another option other than rampant neoliberalism. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I broke down the uh, Ukraine package tonight. They're giving them health care. They're giving them money for food. We have a food shortage here. They don't even want to give all of us health care. Have you heard what Lula said on the Ukraine package? I, I wish we had, like, a left that would say what Lula is saying. And I have a lot of criticism of Lula, but can we at least start there? Well, he, he called he he said, why we send all this money to Ukraine while babies are starving? We had no baby formula. And like, why don't we have Bernie Sanders AOC saying that? Like, why do I have to look to Brazil for leftists in South America to say that kind of stuff? And I wish we had someone who's willing to say that. Uh, Howie Hawkins dropped the ball real bad. Like you guys saw my interview with him and I told him he conceded a lot of issues to the, the neoliberal class. Like we need someone who is not like that, someone who's willing to be hated, someone willing to be like a, the uh, Joe Stein, but that will have the giant independent media apparatus support that we never had before. I think it'd be interesting. I don't know what I don't know what would happen. Whoever did run, I don't blame Jimmy for not running because whoever is that person, just know your life is over. <laughs> you got to sacrifice a lot for the cause because they will take you out. They will go after you. They'll go after your family. They'll go after. They will. They will play any game, especially if you call out Ukraine. They will go after you so hard, like they will ruin anyone. You got it's almost like a sacrifice. You're a martyr if you want to be that person. But um, it would be great for the cause, though. But go ahead, Savvy. I was gonna say also, or can call out Israel, right? If yeah. you come out, even if John Fetterman can't do that. John Fetterman is a big Israel bootlicker. Like, no, there's no progressive that is one call Israel the way they they should. Yeah, the sad part about this moment is is since the pandemic happened, remember when that first package went through where the corporations, the big, um, they they were desperate for, for them to get relief. And that was the exact moment where we needed our progressive, our so-called progressive um, in Congress, Bernie Sanders to AOC, to the, the rest of the squad members to say, you know what, we're going to give $2,000. Even even Kamala Harris was saying on Twitter before she became president of VP um, that we should give 2000 a month. Right. So that was the biggest um, opportunity that was um, was uh, didn't happen. And then up till now, where we have gas oil companies gouging us, this is the perfect time for somebody like a Bernie Sanders Sanders to say, hey, we need a public option for oil. You know, yes, we're going to move to green energy, but because these guys are price gouging us, we're going to take over one of these companies and nationalize it. Give um oil comp uh give the oil for a cheaper price as we transition and then use the profits to basically give out green cars and, and create a green infrastructure as we transition. It's it's just sad the type of um a large opportunity being wasted right now. Yeah. Um I'm gonna bring you in, Owen. Owen, you're the next Thanks. caller. Hey, Sabi. I just want to say goodbye to everybody. It was great to hear from everybody. Uh, uh, thanks for all the kind words, but I got to run. I'm running into the comedy club right now to go do a set. Okay. Thanks for coming in, Jimmy. Okay. Good luck. All right, bye, Jimmy. Bye. All right. Take care, Jimmy. All right, Owen, you just have to hit unmute. Sure thing. How is everyone today? 
We're tense, Owen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, honestly, when it comes to voting, my, my family hates me for this, but I'm actually trying to get out of voting as much as I can and instead divert that attention to the uh, mutual aid uh, programs in my city and also the the uh, the tenant unions forming in my city as well. I live in uh, St. Petersburg and we have uh, a burgeoning uh, tenant union and also uh, all right uh, mutual aid programs that we're having. And I personally believe that like it's it's kind of not necessarily negative, but misleading to, I guess, not just be it still be invested in electoralism, but just be invested in singular leaders rather than in multifaceted uh, communities that we all live around. Because I often hear and also believe that when it comes to any of these people who are debaters or not, not no offense to you guys, but like YouTubers, it seems like uh, the internet has created an illusion of intimacy when it comes to people talking online and people who are currently millennials would rather talk to people online than talk to their neighbors. And I, I'm honestly thinking at this point, uh, or asking myself, how can the left take advantage of electoralism when the black elite is using it as a liberal project to distract from any economic-based collective actions? And I, I just don't know the answer to that. So what do you guys think about that? That's a good question, Owen. One thing I will ask, too, um, and I'll pass this over to Nick. I wonder if the pandemic has has something to do with this, because I didn't really move to online spaces like 99% of my time anyway. Like most of my time right now is online spaces, but that actually started when the pandemic happened. And it's, I mean, I mean, my state shut down like during the pandemic. So that's a big factor. But I will say that that's a good point. I mean, like this, for me, this seems like one of the fastest ways to reach people that may not necessarily live in my neighborhood per se, but to reach more people uh, with our message. And I'll pass it over to Nick. Yeah, we at RBN, we mentioned multiple times that we are activists that just so happen to have a YouTube channel. And uh, I think it's just another great way to spread ideas. But I got started out. I started off as a citizen journalist. And the when, when you hear people talk about how the left is out of touch with the working class, I think you guys are referring to the boutique left, the liberal class, and their their message that is meant to be divisive. So I actually started off, and the reason why I got way more Twitter followers than YouTube subscribers because I used to uh, travel, talk to black people in South Carolina, the most conservative state, and with the most conservative black people, with the most, and I would literally get them to agree with socialism without even getting, without even saying it. <laughs> And that, and I would report, and, and they would give me permission. Like if you look at my old tweets, my old tweets, I'm like, y'all talk to this older black lady. She said her healthcare costs is, is insane. And then I'm like, why not support Medicare for all? And they would agree. And I'm like, yo, she support Medicare for all. I talked to this older black person who says he's a black Republican, 
and he supports increased wages, health care, housing. So I was debunking the narrative by going outside and talking to people, right? Exactly what you're talking about, right? Now, with the COVID pandemic, things had changed a lot. Luckily, um, like, we were about to start hitting the, uh, like, I'm going to start, I, like, I was on the ground covering case of tenants. We're all going to be here. There's going to be a lot more on the ground coverage on RBM more because that's how we got started. And I think that's important to do. But the narrative that, like, the American people do not want these uh, proletariat uh, boosting policies, that's just the big myth I just don't accept. Um and when we talk about these policies online, we can use radical language because we're in a radical space. But just talking about uh, everyday kitchen and, and table issues with people, they agree with us. And it's all about getting people uh, radicalized enough to take action at this point, to be honest. We got to pull people away from the Republican Party, Democratic Party, get everyone right to mobilize and stop being afraid of talking to your neighbors. So I want to get Case and Savvy if you guys have anything else to add. But hopefully I think that addressed uh, most of the uh, the discussion, but it, YouTube is just a great way to organize and talk to people. Like, there's a lot of great uh, conversations and people I radicalize. I would never had opportunity if it wasn't for YouTube. So, you just got to be able to use all the tools at your disposal, whether it be YouTube, social media, uh, real life, uh, in, in real life organizing. Like, you guys, you take all your shots. Like, there's no reason for us to limit ourselves as a movement. Look at the right wing media sphere. Why would why would we concede? <laughs> that to anyone so anyway sorry go ahead yeah just no to, nick right go ahead case just real quick to um, speak on that I, I definitely always give credit to just i think it was yesterday i interviewed someone from a mutual aid and i'm going to also be interviewing rome uh, i believe monday um at 11 a.m eastern standard time and then there's another mutual aid group on tuesday that i'm going to be interviewing around that same time that I I give you guys credit, Revolutionary Blackout Network, for introducing me to mutual aid. And Afini, I remember she talked about um, a book called Mutual Aid by Dean Spade. And I, I recently listened to the whole audio um, book of it as I do research for the mutual aid political party that I'm, uh, I'm working on, that um, I give you guys credit for that because I had never heard about it before. And it is truly a socialistic style of guys, do you guys have any idea how many people reached out and said they are now uh, more focused on mutual aid and electoral politics because they listen to RBN? Like, yeah. even if it's just one, that's good for me. <laughs> so I think that's what we try to achieve, right? And I didn't, and, and I'll pass it right back to you, Case, but I didn't, like, when I first started my channel, like, I, I had people that was to my left. I, that's how me and Rome first became friends. I was like, damn, Rome's like this communist dude. Like, damn, what's up with that, bro? <laughs> so I bought him on and he radicalized me. He, he introduced me to a lot of, like, real shit you can actually do. Um, but that's how that's how we pull people. Like you can do that to people in real life, and then you can reach people through the new technology that we have that they already trying to shut down because they realize they fucked up, right? But go ahead, Case. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, nah, no worries. Um, and, and, and honestly, I am that type of person that's probably on the opposite end where I was looking um, to work within the electoral politics, and I still am, as you can see. But I'm trying to marry the two, and and one thing I am putting focus though on within this organization that we're working on at the top of it is it's a mutual aid first matter of fact nick you you did i heard you describe it on um i don't know if you were on a call in or youtube but i was like man nick described it perfectly is it's an organization that does mutual aid but just so happens to run somebody for office as well you know but it's it's a it's going to be a mutual aid first we want to help people first and then at the end of the even if win or loss you know let's say it's the um they the candidate loses 
they could say, hey, this is our um concession um party that you know for you know like when Nina Turner lost and she just gives that speech. What if she could say, hey, you know, I lost, but we just we knocked on twenty thousand doors, we helped twenty-five thousand people, we gave out this certain amount of donations or, or money to help and feed people. So this is not a loss, even though we lost the race, we won helping people and doing mutual aid. Like I was th- thinking about that, like exactly. why? that would be great to see that. Then you could say at least the money that we, you know, Bernie Sanders got over $200 million. Like at least you don't know where that went. At least if you give to this organization, you know, okay, they helped a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I, I think that's right, smarter kids. resource management too, but go ahead, Savvy, go ahead. That's right. Like you're right. At least you know where the money went. <laughs> Because I'm still asking myself, like I said, I'm getting these emails from Democrat politicians that I never donated to. I never voted for. And I really believe that Bernie Sanders must have given our e- his email list or whatever to the DNC. He definitely did. Yeah, I never I'm still getting no politician ever. No, no politician fucking ever. Guys, ever. But now I get texts all the time. Yeah. Yep. All the time. Random text from people Bernie saying they're gave our email list to the Democratic Party. Fuck, he sold us out. But sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and I just clipped a, a clip with Eric Adams saying he's a pragmatic progressive while the media, while the whole time he was running, he was saying he was a, a conservative and he was talking against the progressives. And just like today or, or yesterday, I clipped that, that he said he's a pragmatic. Pro- I'm like, get the heck out. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, uh, I'm gonna bring Everton in. Everton, I made you the next caller, so you just gotta hit unmute. Hey, can you guys hear me? I can. Okay, perfect. All right, so hopefully this doesn't come off as a criticism, but anything pertaining to the left, left, I feel like there's so many people who want to do good, but each time you guys create a new organization, it divides the resources off of the left. The left is not poor. The left gave Bernie Sanders millions of dollars for his campaign. I feel like one of the issues that the left is having is all of these separate organizations are just feeding off all of the money that the left can produce instead of creating one unified or maybe three or four multiple organizations tackling the different regions in America. That's just one of the things I've noticed. Like RBN, I really love you guys' network because you guys touch on the issues and you guys are very informative, but I kind of feel like you guys are lacking when it comes to understanding capitalism, communism, and Marxism and the in the tech or in the sense of how do you use resources to support the people? You guys talk about mutual aid a lot, but you guys could build organizations throughout this country that uses mutual aid resources to build homeless, um, to build homes for people, to create your own form of the real estate market where you have a compound or a commune or a homestead. Like the way the American system works does benefit people if you use it correctly. Homesteads, even though they were supposed to be illegal, are still something the government gives. You have agricultural grants that you could build huge compounds with, get tax write-offs, and give people food, give people a community, and have that slowly build. One of the things the left doesn't do 
is actually really focused on the material condition that affects people's lives. We've already won the debate on the ideas and the policies. We're like stuck in this um, academic conversation 24 seven, but what are we really doing to really change someone's material condition? We'll be easier to turn a white supremacist if we fix the poor condition that has them feeling like it's Mexicans and Blacks and Asians that are taking away their American dream. There's all these countries in middle America that have been abandoned and boarded down. Why isn't the left buying them up and creating the universe or the world that they want to see? I just feel like no one is actually thinking about using the left mindset in the real world. It's all just being done on YouTube and on Twitter but when is it going to have real world application? A mutual aid is a good step, but the mutual aid is like literally siphoning all of the money because there's so many organizations. There should be one mutual aid for homeless, one mutual aid for um, agriculture, just different things in a larger context. Because if every state or every town has a mutual aid, then all of that money is just going to get siphoned off. And no one is really going to be able to tell what anybody else is doing. Well, real, real, like real gains you can get from the working class come from local radical organizations like Casey Tenets, which I am a member of. I was reporting on Casey Tenets, and uh, you bring up a lot of points. I just think you misstate on what what we do because we got uh, Rome that is an activist, Finney's activist. Yeah, there's no one who there's no one who I don't know if you're looking for like a savior. <laughs> like there's not gonna be a no, savior. No, no, I'm not looking so for the only savior. thing we can the only thing we can really do is just do our part, right? Okay, that's right. what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say that you're not doing your part. What I'm trying to say is that the left doesn't think on a larger scale or and use the resources that America already provides. I'm in real estate. I'm not really on the left. I just like leftist policies. I like Marxist policies. I like communism policies. I don't like capitalism, but I perfected capitalism because I have no other choice. As being an African-American in this country, if I don't want to be poor, I need to understand capitalism. So I'm a real estate agent. I like I know the real estate market left and front. I know how to get homes to where you barely pay any property taxes. I know how to get homesteads. I know how to get farmland. But like, I don't see anyone on the left really tackling those issues. I see it in some places where a group of people create a compound together and they're living off the land, but that's so, it's so in its own universe. Why isn't that not being done state by state? Where is the mass mobilization of the, the left when it comes to real world applications? I yeah, feel like you just talk so much on the You want to know? You want to know my take on this? Uh, based on what I've seen on the ground talking to people, I know a lot of activists. I know a lot of people who are members of the proletariat. They're fighting the best fight that they have. And with considering the situation that we're in, what we need, and and this is the reality because we are fighting a fight we've never seen before. Humanity never fought anyone like the U.S. Empire. But no. that's the thing, though. The so, no, listen. So, the outside is fighting. There's no, there's no support. Coming from the boutique left, what I think your criticism applies to, right? So the boutique left that you're talking about, the people who are like the established progressives, the people with the power, the people with the money, the people who had the platform, like RBN, we still knew. 
Remember the proletariat playing. But yeah, the no, people who are like established. You guys are doing it correctly. But my right. thing is, your audience. I listen to you guys a lot. This is my first time calling in because I love what you guys do. But my issue is the left is so stuck in the theoretical. No one really wants to put the boots on the ground except for RBN. But that's different. You guys cannot just be the only ones because you guys don't have the resources to do what you want to do on a mobile large scale. And I get that. So my criticism isn't for you guys. My criticism yeah, I, I, I is why that you guys see this, but the rest of the left who listen to you don't see this. Literally, as a real estate agent, I can pull a fund to literally buy a whole six-unit building and put in the unhomed in there. And I'm like, why isn't the left doing that? Like, you can use capitalism for the benefit of the left. Socialists do it. Marxists do it. That's what. That's a part of private. That's part of um, using natural resources for the people's benefit. Figure out a way to use capitalism to help the left. It's like it's not because, capitalism when you do it that way because you're not really using banking and stuff like that. You're using the funds from people who are on who have a similar theory as you do. But it's not impossible. Like. The whole concept of what that stupid Netflix show is doing, what is it? Um, with the Korean drama that they did, it's gonna make it's gonna be popular because they, at the end of the day, they're giving people money. People just need their material condition to be changed. But what I saw the Bernie Sanders campaign, and that had so much centralized money, and it went to the Democratic Party and to Bernie Sanders' pockets. And I'm like, why can't the left just decide to literally have a convention with everyone on the, who thinks that they're left and actually decide what to do with their money? Your money is there. Because, we're not poor. Individually, we're poor. Because I can tell you from experience, and Nick can attest to this as well, because for a long time, and even still today, the people who are leading leftist space that have the money don't want to do any work. They don't want to do. They don't want to do. They don't want to do mutual aid. They just want to be media personalities, and they want to tell you to donate money to Democrat politicians because that helps their show. Not everyone, but when you're talking about who has the money, that's what they want to do. That's the problem. So people like me and Nick. You know, we're still fairly new. We don't have like much money. So for us, when we help people, it's on the local level. So like for me, I'm pa I'm partnering with Massachusetts Peace Action. That's local for me. Nick is partnering with KC Tenants. Rome is the only one that is able to go across the country. But even when Rome does that, the idea is that the people that he meets up with in that city, he shows them how to do it. And then they take it over in their area and then they start doing it so that Rome eventually gets to the point where Rome don't have to travel across the country all the time. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, I know all of that and I love it. But then is the problem the people of the left then? Because if you're like, I don't, I am an adult. I, I'm not going to say that the people on the left don't know what they're doing. They know that they're donating to leftists who literally are just funneling back into the Democratic Party. Do I think it's fair to say that. I think it's fair to say that. Like, a lot of people on the left hey, get maybe bad the advice. people on the left are not really leftists. Maybe the issue is, to be honest, the left is run, and please don't hate me in this for the chat, but, like, you can't have a left movement run by Caucasian people because it's just going to be a cyclical firing squad then. Because they know what they're doing. They're not ignorant. 
people are not dumb. People pretend to be dumb because it's comfortable and it's less work. The left knows that people like Sam Cedar and Sank and TYT are not actually progressive. They know that. There's no need to convince them. They know who they are. At the end of the day, then they're just like them. And then what, like, where's this going to go? Because it's been almost 10 years, a decade, and nothing has changed. And I'm not poor, but I want to see better for this country and for my people. But, like, it's so frustrating because no one is actually doing anything to change the material condition when I know that in communities, because I'm from the island, so we do a lot of community work. I'm not American. I'm Afro-Caribbean. I know we shouldn't really have distinctions, but there's a different mindset when you haven't been born in a slavery system. I wasn't born knowing that or thinking that slavery existed. I never learned about slavery until I moved to America. So I have a completely different... Well, you're right in the sense that there is a big difference. America is an individual, an individualistic country. It's not, yes. we, we don't have community here. We really don't. And some people think they do, but they don't. If you go to other countries and you see how they have community and you compare it to the United States, we don't have community here. So that's a big part of the problem. When people, a lot of people here, they just look out for themselves. They look like, how do we build community with a group of people who are so self-absorbed? I feel like that's the question. That's why you can't have them lead. This is the problem. At one point in time, do I think that some of those people really did want change for people in this country and really wanted to help? Absolutely. Then money got involved. This is why you can't take the money. This is why people, this is why, look what happened with TYT. They took that $20 million and their whole message changed. This is why you can't take the money. They're just media personalities now. They just can't tell you to donate money to Bernie Sanders. Again, even if Bernie runs again, which I think would be ridiculous, even if Bernie Sanders ran again, they would tell you to donate money to Bernie Sanders. They're not going to tell you to give money to mutual aid. They're not going to tell you to like organize and do direct action. They're going to tell you what works for them. So that's the thing. They're comfortable. We need to organize with people who know what it's like to be working class, who know what it's like to be poor, who knows what it's like to be middle class, because even middle class people are suffering right now. We need to organize with those people, not people who come from money, who grew up privileged. Because I do have a question on that. Well, one second. As soon as times get too tough, they will back out. I've seen this before. So would you guys be open to at least talking to leftist people who are who work within the capitalist system like a bank teller who just you know so you can understand this how the actual system works or a real estate agent so you can understand how it is that you can buy buildings in rural america to create communities because a part of the education is to also learn how to use resources to help the people and i love that you guys talk about mutual aid and tour for the poor and all of that. But I feel like there's never any conversation on actually how to use the current system that we have to actually materially change someone's condition or do something on a larger scale that will, that would like be like a, a match to start something like a larger movement where we take back rural cities or abandoned towns because there's so many of them. I sit on the MLS, which is the multiple instance system, and I just look at them just sitting there and I'm just like, if only we just had the funds to get this town 
and create this leftist society that we all talk about and have that experiment done in the real world, I feel like that would really open people's eyes to see that communism and Marxism and socialism is not the enemy. It's actually a better living condition. Because we had that back in after Reconstruction when the African-American community was some of the most successful and prosperous communities in this nation. And they were all burned down, bombed, or turned into lakes. And I feel like that's also another thing, the lack of historical context on poor people in this country, mostly African-Americans, Asian-Americans, and Hispanic-Americans are solely lacking. That's a whole nother tangent. To answer the question, I feel like the reason why people, Jimmy should run is to not try to win, is to just spread the message. Because he really wants to have someone on the national level talking about the issues so that people will know that there's another voice and another opinion. And I do find it weird that no one on the left, none of the academics, even wants to entertain the idea of running as just a thought experiment to awaken the American consciousness. I find that so shocking, just as Jimmy does as well. Because all of them have a public platform, and he's correct. They any one of them could run. Why isn't Cornell running? Why isn't um, Chris running? Why isn't any of them running? They don't need to win anything. They just need I, to talk. I think someone asked Cornell West about that one time before, and I think Cornell West said no. I, I think I saw that in the And interview. that's the part that scares me. If the, if the political leaders that we worship are not even willing to fight to give our message, then why do we even listen to them? Why are we talking to them? Well, I think you got to understand Cornell West was an activist, you know, like he worked with the Black Panthers. Like, so that's where I think he kind of sees it more as we can get more done uh, through activism and we can get more done through education. Right. But, so for him, the whole politics game might be a mute point. And I think that, that's that's something important to note. But the other thing is, I will say Richard Wolf, it was told to me tonight, Richard Wolf did run for office. No, okay, I'm not saying to run for office. I'm saying to actually just get into, like, what Jimmy wants to do is not run for office. He wants to just spread the message that it's not your neighbors that you need to hate. It's not Black people. It's not Asians. He wants that message to go on there on a national scale. I understand what he's trying to do. People think he's trying to run because he wants to win. No. As a leftist, we don't need to focus on winning anything. We need to focus on awakening the mass of people that there is a different message. And I think that that's less, like, if you go to political, if you go on that stage and say, listen, I'm not running to be president, you may just stupidly accidentally become the president because people are going to be like, hey, this person is not in it for themselves. They're just giving us the message that America desperately needs to hear because no one says it. And we have all these leftist platforms that have millions of people that have turned a lot of people into millionaires and you're telling me that we can't get a national media going for a national election to just spread the message that, hey, there's no such thing as red and blue. Well, Everton, one second. Um, I First of all, I, I do want to get to the next caller. But to answer your question, no, the, pro- the reason why we can't get through to those other people or get a national movement is because we're not getting access to their audience. Oh, okay, no, I'm not talking about those. So, I'm talking about, like... I'm talking about you guys. 
um the media but we don't we don't have as large of a following you have to understand tyt has five million subscribers majority report has like a million subscribers we don't have that large of a following and we're not given access to their audience on purpose so i I do i'm gonna let case study come in and then I'm going to go to the next caller. So go ahead, Case. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in um, real quick. And I think yeah, over t- over to I think you you have the right attitude as far as like saying like why isn't this happening? And then I just um need you. And I hate to be that person like you know Hillary and even Diane Feinstein. Stein, she had a situation where all these little kids came in and they were like, hey, we need you to do the Green New Deal, and she just waved them off. And basically, people say you do it, um, Overton. Like you have that special knowledge as a realtor, like we maybe you need to start an organization that does exactly what you're talking about, and then at the same time, maybe you can't do that um situation so but what I would like to offer, and I don't have a huge following myself, I have like three thousand subscribers and barely get twenty people live and stuff like that, but I would love to have the conversation with you over ten that you're talking about, and that at least we can um get it into the ether. You know, get it into the YouTube space and then maybe somebody it can inspire somebody to create the organization that you're talking about. So you can email me at casestudyqb at gmail.com and I would love to set up a time that we can go live on my channel. We could talk detail about how there's um, communities that's probably sold pennies on a dollar that can be bought up and, and bring a whole bunch of homeless people or people that um, and, and and create this society uh, that's more to the left that you're talking about. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Case. And I will add, that was something that Cynthia McKinney did bring up when she was on recently. She said, there are empty rural towns in America. Why aren't we trying to do something in these, these, these areas, taking over some of these towns and starting our own government? Like, you know, she, she'll tell you, Cynthia McKinney will tell you she's a radical. Like she'll tell you, like she's thinking outside the box. She's not trying to think within the the uh, electoral system. Mm-hmm. Like, That's why I voted for her. <laughs> well, she's already been a part of that. She knows what it's like. She'll tell you, like, look, what did Maxine Waters tell her, Cynthia? When Democrat leadership tells us to do something, we're going to do it. Period. So she she knows what it's like, and so she she's one of the ones. She was like, we need to think outside the box. I'm going to grab Lance. Lance, I'm going to make you the next uh, caller. Holy cow! Talk about that. <laughs> you know? Do you know how? Okay, so back way before my day, if you go look at old movies, there used to be a phrase, a saying that said uh, something that was like as scarce as hen's teeth. Another one was, "It's as it's as unlikely as finding a uh, a Democrat in Vermont." It was the most Republican state, and you know how it turned socialist? Bunch of hippies said, "Let's move." We're not going to go all the way to California where East Coasters like Woodstock hippie types. And they all moved, a bunch of them moved to Vermont and turned around the governments there. Sanders was part of that. Did you know that? I did know that. Um, actually, yeah. thank you for yeah. mentioning it. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that, but Vermont did used to be a Republican state and people moved there and they were well, like, we're going to change it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Cynthia McKinney's absolutely amazing. If I, I'll talk fast because there's so many things I want to talk about, but so the 60s, I grew up with, with it, right? So JFK assassinated 63, MLK April 4th, 68, June 6th, RFK assassinated. I was a preteen watching the Vietnam War on TV. Of course, it formed my opinions about life and everything. 
But in the 60s, the Democrats and liberals, real liberals that, you know, LBJ out of the two, the last two years was a joke because of Vietnam. But I mean, whatever he was, like FDR was a centrist, but he really did the New Deal. He wasn't one of the socialists at the time. Same with LBJ. He was practically a racist, but he got on board with all the stuff he did. It was very progressive. The, the Democrats controlled everything. And it's like the idea that it was going to be electoral politics. There was no squad. It was LBJ and Martin Luther King and then the people rising up and getting shit done, making it happen. And there was a conduit with liberals, you know, real liberals in Congress. Yeah. But Abby Hoffman, y'all know who Abby Hoffman is, right? Yeah. It's almost like the, uh, it's almost like, go ahead. Yeah, the yippies. So when I started thinking about things that are maybe uh, the left doesn't have all the right ideas, it was the yippies when I was in San Francisco. Diane Feinstein was the mayor. She wanted to impose harsh gun control. Well, the yippies had signs up saying, hey, if you, you know, criminalize guns, only criminals have guns, et cetera. I'm like, hmm, you know, and I'm a strong Second Amendment guy. I'm I'm like Richard Wolf would be my Treasury Secretary. I'm very far left. The very first time I talked to you, Savvy, it was about how gettable rural people are. And like eminent domain about taking buildings not for highways, but for, for more taxes. That was a that was a liberal thing. All the liberals voted for that in the Supreme Court. It was like Scalito, you know, uh, Scalia and Alito that voted against it. The idea that Matt Taibbi wrote a great article about a good, well-meaning, like, save the spotted owl. Well, now everything gets stopped. Every single development in the cities, every, and, you know, some of it is nefarious, but some of it's well-meaning about all of the rules about, like, uh, environmental rules. So they can't build. It takes tens of billions of dollars before you put the first shovel in the ground to build high-speed rail. And that's Democrats and liberals. And I've been on this thing that Jimmy Dore was talking about, about Houston. You don't hear about homeless people in San Diego or Houston. Why is it always San Francisco? Not New York so much, but yeah, San Francisco, L.A. L.A., Maxine Waters, when they were dumping people in uh, Skid Row, that was Maxine Waters' responsibility because they took it over. They said the city and the hospital are not capable. It became a congressional dictate like they do with like Washington, D.C. is all the time. And that was Maxine Waters, man. And these people that and like that she silenced and she, and she silenced Katie, ha- Katie Porter because Katie Porter was doing too good. So they, they squelched her. And, you know, one more thing about J.D. Schulter, who ran in uh, uh, like Iowa. They agreed with him 100%. He said, but yeah, I'm a Democrat. I said, well, we can't vote. We can vote Republican. And it's just nuts to watch what happens with electoral politics. And, you know, all this stuff, with all due respect to Jimmy Dore, the, Nick Brown is like a, a junior high school kid. He's a joke. He's not serious. He's not going to be running a national party. He sounded like a high, like a high school, like a junior high, not even high school kid. When Jordan Cheriton tried to interview him, oh, you're just about interviewed by that. Your motive is this. Your motive is that. He didn't answer any of the questions. It's just such a joke. I mean, it's just such a pathetic joke. With all due respect to Jimmy Dore, I would have challenged him on this. The MPP, the GOP started in a little schoolhouse and they fought the Whigs. And in 54, they formed with about like a dozen, a couple dozen people. And in 19, in 1860, six years later, they elected Frickin' Lincoln, president. So the MPP is, I'm sorry, but it's just a, a complete joke. Can I just say one more thing about direct action, which is what I was going to say too? That's what that was all about with the Black Panthers. It was all about direct action and what Abby Hoffman, he actually got plastic surgery when he was on the 10 most wanted list and he was on the lamb and he got plastic surgery and appeared before Congress 
with a new environmental thing that he was uh, backing called Save the River. My friends knew him. Some of my friends knew him because I'm from central New York and it was up at the St. Lawrence. But I mean, that's just a few things I wanted to talk about. But, you know, so, oh, and Jimmy, they had Pat Paul say, oh, I just watched, speaking of what the 60s was like, and just to watch what's happening now, it's pathetic. Pete Seeger, of all people, I'll finish with this. He was on the Dick Cavett show. And Dick Cavett was talking about, he's talking about Johnny Cash, right? The great Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash had a show, very popular. He had everybody from Glenn Campbell to Frank Zappa and everybody in between. He's Johnny Cash. Who's going to say no? He's an icon even then. And he had, he wanted to have Pete Seeger on. They wouldn't let him. So when he had his contract after that season, it was a year to year contract. I'm not signing my new contract unless you let me have Pete Seeger, who was called a traitor. Man, they trashed him like you can't believe. Worse than Bernie. Make Bernie the, oh my God. So Pete Seeger, you know, so this is what people did. They fought for shit and they took chances and now they don't. And I'll stop there, but I'd love to have it back and forth with y'all on that. Uh, but yeah. Can I just jump in here real quick, Sabrina? Go ahead, Case. Yeah. Yeah. So something that you triggered, Lance, um, we need a, and this is why I wanted to interview a whole and, and find out more about mutual aid organizations. Cause reading the book by Dean Spade, it talks about how it's a horizontal organization and coming from you know my knowledge is is a capitalistic knowledge as far as we you know grew up in america which is mainly a capitalistic system so i even found while i'm working on developing the structure for this um, mutual aid political party my like initial instincts is always to track back to like how do we raise mon- money oh let's sell this and but then when i'm like wait a minute but mutual aid is just about giving away for free the thing so we can't sell a certain thing you know so it, my mind always goes back to like um the capitalistic society but i i'm always going to have a side eye moving forward on so-called progressive leftist organizations that have a vertical model like they have a person all the way at the top and they dictate what goes on or you know like and i'm talking about mpp specifically which lance brought up where you have nick brana and i heard cj talk about it in a very passionate way and i feel his passion where he said we got to get rid of nick brana like if you want to purge mpp and have any semblance of uh, a moving forward with that organization get rid of nick brana put in somebody more credible and have them re- revitalize the organization and then we could probably move forward but with him at the top pretty much being the dictator like that's something that i don't want this the, what i'm working on to be it has to be a horizontal you either right. have a rotating leader or like um having work groups or and i and matter of fact i'm doing research on what that can look like but go ahead two quick things nick to your point, could I, and, and one's way out of left field, but it's right directly to what you're saying. The anti-apartheid movement, mid, mid-80s, I was all of like, what, 29 or 30, right? So I was old hat. Ha ha. And some kids who were freshmen in, uh, in college said, would you go to the meetings? I did. I, my main message was do it with art, do it with music, do it with, do the political stuff. But, and you know, they didn't need me to tell them that, but we did that, you know, and it was all about putting a whole bunch of artistic stuff on there and drum circles and all the rest of it. And also, consensus man you know so it doesn't have to be you have to have leaders but like consensus means unanimous consensus but what you have to do is you have to like unanimously decide that you're going to let a subgroup that you've you know that that's going to deal with a certain topic you know in their small group come to a consensus and then it becomes the rule for the for the masses you know and i don't i know very little about this you know but i was schooled on all this stuff at the time and the anti-apartheid thing was brilliant, you know, again, because it, 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 it involved, you know, art 
and that's what's lost. You, we have to do it through art and music. And Pete Seeger, like I said, just seeing him on uh, on the Dick Cavett show. And it doesn't mean that all art has to be political, but yeah, with music and with and you got to put the party in party. And I'm uh, this is going to sound weird, right? But you learn from people like Tammany Hall, or for that matter, the Taliban. What Tammany Hall and the Taliban? Yeah, just like the Black Panthers. What did they do? They went in with bread and water and food and shelter and clothing for free. That's what the Taliban did. That's what Black Panthers did with the free stores, et cetera, and the SDS, et cetera. And that's what, like you're talking about with mutual aid. So, and that's what Tammany Hall did. They went down with barbecues and they partied. And that's what I want to do. If I have a party, it's going to put the party in party. And here's the thing, right? The Alphabeters started NIPERG. When we did NIPERG, it's called, it's all about legislation. Totally not and it was all about when we went to the door, we had a petition for people to sign so that when we went up there, whether they donated or not, we were getting a signature on a cause. Sometimes it was regional. It was about a, a current thing that was around Lake Erie. We were going to Buffalo. If we something about the Hudson River, we were over in Albany. But or it could be a general thing if it was an important thing at the state level. It was all about the state. Diaper, you know, New York State Legislative. And Ralph Nader started. Of course, it worked good. And and that's how you do it. And I actually set up a couple of other recycling. Well, one other recycling. I just imprinted that on them. And said, yeah, it worked great. Where you know, so it's 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 not about parties, but yes, political and legislative. But and it's, it's just, and then, you know, I was just going to say one thing about platforms. That what you're talking about about not having as big of an audience. The audience is out there. It's about going door to door. And I'm going to try to do that in terms of interviewing people with my mask on or whatever to try to interview people about an article I'm doing. But yeah, it's got to be door to door. I'm going to try to do it in my rural area because I can't let suffer, you know, not just on common ground. Oh my God. But yeah, I, one other thing about Tucker, you know, two things should be true. Good platform. Go on and show all you want. Absolutely do it. But he also happens to be the favorite of the cleaned up Nazis after the ACLU defended the Skokie Nazis who actually wore swastikas and all. They said, let's clean up our act. The David Duke type. Well, Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon, fool me if I'm wrong, but not Russ Limbaugh and not uh, Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity. But the only two people that are like, like true blue, real dog whisper, you know, horse whatever whispers are. Steve Bannon in the White House and Tucker Carlson. So, you know, those two things can both be true. So let's not be fooled by Tucker, old Tucker. <laughs> and by the way, no offense again to Jimmy or any people on their show, how much are they going to push back and call him out on stuff when he does do the dog listening? I'm sorry. And go on the show, absolutely. But I think they're going to be a little less likely to push back on Tucker uh, on their own on their own platform. Just saying. So I'll leave it at that. Okay, Lance, I'm going to take uh, one more caller, and that's that's Brady here. All right, Brady, you're on the mic. You just have to unmute. Savvy case, Nick. Excellent work, guys. I appreciate everything you're doing. And I just wanted to mention that I started a political party in Texas in 2016, and it's really just a thought experiment and a Facebook group and just kind of organize and kind of come up with another idea. It's basically the People's Party. Without all the accusation baggage and, uh, how do you say, marketing packages, $2,000 marketing packages, the concept of the party is to use campaign contributions like tax money. And instead of investing in advertising and merchandise and all this kind of stuff, we'll allocate all this money into a pool and experiment with democracy on how to spend it and just let our actions advertise themselves. And then even if we lose 
we can still use it as a networking kind of platform to organize outside of government in a way to help each other and accomplish tasks and just serve as an example of the way government could work if it actually worked for us. Nick, I'm going to pass it to you. Yeah, I could, so I could use some help organizing. Uh, it may be too late to form a third party at this point, but um, it is like an alternative to the People's Party. My, my platform idea was... Dr. Cornell West and Jesse Ventura as vice president. And I think I'd be comfortable with Jimmy Dore maybe as a potential vice president, but I would like to see Cornell West as president as the dream team. You know, it's kind of where I stand. Yeah. Um, regarding criticisms of uh, the People's Party, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of um, over-reliance on leaders. So I'm not, um, I don't understand the people who essentially defend Nick Brana against all the criticism, but I was, I, I'm more, I was more interested in green party because the MVP, they said they have more of a capitalist approach. They don't want to be a socialist party. I believe we need a socialist approach to our problems without that dialectic. I think you, you kind of waste your time uh, to be frank and uh, electoral politics is just one tool and one mechanism that we can use there are a lot of people who they spend a lot of their time and their energy having these fights over which third party is best. I think I think it's just best served to look uh, locally because honestly, locally I, I had uh, met the KC Green Party. I met the KC People Party, and despite all the problem with, with all the problems with Nick Brana, when I met the KC People Party at Kansas City uh, March America for All event, they were all solid working class activists, right? So I don't like I don't want Nick Brana to like destroy the credibility of activists on the ground who actually care about making change. Like I think that's like the the kind of divisiveness that the capitalist class will only benefit from. Now there are legitimate criticisms that we could we sh- that we could continue to like hold Nick Brana and the leadership of MPP, MPP re- uh, responsible for uh, their horrible resource management, lack of having candidates on the ballot. But I think we need a. a have more revolutionary discipline and, and find a way to better redirect our energy instead of focusing so much on uh, electoral politics and using that as like a divisive issue. And um, we got, I, I, I know, I think that. this is, I think this is what Lance said earlier. Um, like, and he was mentioning like how like the old left in America, the old labor movement, the black Panthers, they used to get shit done. And, and this is a conversation that we need to have, man. Like how the left, was weakened and pacified by social Democrats and these fucking U.S. imperialists and these Western hegemony, honestly, white leftists, to be honest, that's that's most of them. And they purposely watered down the fact that it was communists who built the workers' movements, the fact that people who was anti-capitalist, like, there wasn't people who had sympathies for the two parties. Like, right now, they, they decide we're going to pick uh, the lesser of two of the capitalist bourgeoisie. And that's not what we should be doing as workers. I think we need to, um, uh, we need to have a hard divorce with the, divorce with them and bring it over as many people as can because they've been leading people off the cliff. And that's been a long time. And, th- and I'll talk about this with Caleb Maupin uh, before. There was a long time uh, CIA strategy to infiltrate the left and put a suitable opposition in place. And and you see people repeating Ukraine uh, propaganda. Like AOC is literally a January 6th hysteria account at this point. Like there's tons of these people like Rob Reiner who calls himself a progressive who said that Liz Cheney should run for president. Like this is the, the, the chosen opposition. 
and and they are there for a reason. Like we're not assholes just for calling these people out. They're literally doing active damage. But that's my rant. Uh, uh, but I'll pass it back to Brady in the panel. No, I was going to say 100%, Nick. I, I talked about uh, Robert last night, Robert Reich. And that just goes to show you again, it's just one corporate party. Why does a Democrat care so much about what happens with the Republican Party and about the Republican Party being strong? So we got people out there like Robert Reich saying, like, I think Liz Cheney would make a great president. Why are you simping for the Republican Party? So it's just, again, it's it's one corporate party. They're all about that. And every now and then you might have people, a couple liberals here and there that are good on some of the social issues. But when it comes to the economic issues for people who are working class and poor and middle class in this country, they fail. And why do they fail? Because they are bought and paid for. So I think that that's why I try to always bring it right back to the money. I think that's incredibly important and focusing more so like on the class issue. And I think something I want to mention about MPP that I was thinking about some of the people there, the well, yeah, some of the people, some of the people heavily focusing on all the problems with MPP. And I'm not saying they don't have issues and issues with Nick Brana. And I'm not saying he doesn't have issues, but it's really interesting to me because some of those people seem to be so heavily focused on Nick Brana and all of his accusations, whatever. But they tend, they tend to be okay with the fact that we have Joe Biden in the White House as our president, and there's no support for Tara Reid. And That's I'm what I'm saying. It's always been the least of my concern. It's, it's bullshit, Nick. It's bullshit. Because the thing is, is this. Joe Biden right now is in a position of power. He's the president of the United States. And some of these same people who are like, oh, Nick Brana has to go. We got to burn it down. And he's accused of this and he's accused of that. Okay. But those same people are making excuses for crime bill Joe. If, if you are okay with the fact that Joe Biden sexually assaulted Tara Reid and you making excuses for Joe Biden, but you telling everybody they need to take down Nick Brana for his accusations, you suspect in my book. I'll pass it to you, Nick. Yeah, it was like, this is the least of my concern. And I don't know if you remember, Sabi, but the first person we interviewed was uh, one of the people, one of the uh, MVP organizers who had their complaints. But it's like, bro, y'all really, we, we really spend so much time fighting over people who don't have any institutional power. Doesn't that seem like that is what the Democratic Party want y'all to do? And I see like people get sheep herded. And I noticed the people who like boost them, they're the same people who boost the Democratic Party. The people who want to destroy any third party uh, activism, they was boosting them as well. I'm like, you guys have legitimate criticism, but come on, at some point, just move on. That's why I did. Like, I, I didn't support the People's Party. I told you guys before, I preferred the Green Party, even even with their flaws, because I, I, I prefer the Joe Steinwing, because I prefer a socialist approach. That's just my personal opinion. But you guys see, I didn't wage like this hate campaign against a party with no power just because I have a technical disagreement. I have a disagreement with them. I just don't think that's smart. Like Considering everything we're going through right now, that's with, with, with Jim Crow Joe and we got both parties that are doing this political theater. Like this is they're this Mexican candidate that ran that won. Sabi, I think you, you covered this, and she like I'm this first Mexican born uh, uh, Republican that won this blue district, and the far left is in shambles. I'm like I don't give a fuck about you. You're gonna be like a Marco Rubio clone. 
Like they literally doing this theater just so they can rob the people, so they can fund the military industrial complex. Like, I, and I'm tired of people's like misdirecting where our anger should be. And if you just if you got real criticism, people party, air it out. That's fair. But just at a, at a certain point, just move on and let's fucking fight the real people with power. That's just my thoughts. And I'm not saying the Chris is not legitimate, but right. it's been two years. Like I told you, I, we, I interviewed these people two years ago. Well, been, it was like more like 18 months ago. Like 18 months ago, I interviewed them. It's still been this campaign that's been going on for 18 months. And like, bro, come on. Biden's been president for two years now. And y'all been still fucking doing this campaign. But that's, that's, my, uh, that's my call and take on that. Yeah, I will also so add to like I get a lot of messages like I said about MPP and people who have been a part of MPP. I'm not a part of MPP. So honestly like this these messages every other day like MPP did this, MPP did that and I'm like, "Dude, you are literally in the organization. I have never been a part of this organization. So why are you why are you contacting me every day about MPP? Like it's it's, it's ridiculous." Focus on who's in power right now, and that is Joe Biden, and that is the Democratic Party, and what are they doing? Because they sure as hell ain't helping us. They're sending more money to Ukraine, like, again, another billion dollars, and nothing for us. Go ahead, Brady. I think we should focus on uh, building the new more than worrying about destroying the old. Uh, do you guys think that we should salvage the People's Party or should we just from the ground up right now start our own with more transparency and kind of a universal democracy as a way to experiment with democracy in a completely transparent way without centralized leadership, with less centralized leadership? <laughs> well, you know what I would say, because I'm already working. I'm hoping to have um, something ready in a couple months. I'm really trying to be diligent with um, doing due diligence and not rushing anything. I'm really trying to do research and um, talk to a lot of people who do mutual aid and stuff, but I, I, you know, I'm working on the mutual aid political party, which would, the goal is to be a horizontal um, uh, organization and one that literally is helping the people. And I will, and, and that means I'm not even um, trying to discourage other people. Cause you said you started your own third party. I, I think the more the merrier, you know, one thing that I can uh, take a cue from the uh, neoliberals in, in, presidential debates what are presidential years what do they do they put up like eight different neoliberals find out who has the most traction and then they say okay we're all gonna um put our pot into that person you know and then they win they've they've been winning at that game for many uh times so i want us to take that cue where if jimmy Dore wants to run he runs if jesse ventura wants to do a writing campaign let him do a writing campaign whoever wants to run let them run then we see like maybe two, three, four months before the actual um, election, who has the most traction. And then hopefully we can consolidate behind that person and, and move forward. But we all have to have solidarity, which I'm so grateful to Sabrina and Nick, who have um, I've felt nothing but love and great vibes from them uh, as far and welcoming me on their channel and doing different things like this is what we need more of on the left. Thank you Agreed. so much. Case study QB. And I will also say, and we're going to end with this. Um, I just want us again to like focus on the issues and to avoid some of these distractions. There's been a lot of distractions like Nick, like we were talking about this just a couple minutes ago. You see all the, the hate and anger coming out. The moment Jimmy even mentioned he was considering it. And again, he just said he was considering it. He didn't say like he, had an exploratory committee or anything. He was just considering it. And you saw all the hate, all the, the, the anger and stuff come out from people on the left. 
So like I said, like, just don't be distracted. Uh, anything else just before we sign off, Nick? Stay focused, guys. Don't stop. Y'all doing great. <laughs> Happy to work with uh, you, Chase. If you need any help with any research, anything, any bounce brainstorming, I'm ready. Yeah, e- email me, casestudyqb at gmail.com. I would love to um, know the website of your third party and find out how um, it works in your state. Yeah, please. Yeah, maybe we maybe we could just merge. It's literally <laughs> just me, so it wouldn't be, <laughs> you know, it's not much to take on. Bet, bet. Nick, you got anything before we sign off? Uh-oh. Oh, this might have been like Rome. We had Twitter spaces and Rome fell asleep. Nick, you still there? Well, oh, Nick's muted. Maybe yeah, I Nick still remember asleep. that day, Sabi. I was I was on that uh, <laughs> comedy corner also. Oh man, that was such a hilarious, funny. I remember I saw every everybody in the chat. If you think Sabs is a cool, collective person, she went off on this person that was in the chat. I was like, "Whoa, I'm never messing with Sabs ever." <laughs> I was a rare form. You remember Sabs? I do remember. That girl told me, look, guys, I I was a little tipsy, I'll be honest. (laughs) But that girl told me, what are you guys doing? Like, she came in. What did that guy say? He was like, you came came in hot. She came in kind of hot. And she was just like, what are you guys talking about? Doing this stuff like mutual aid. What are you doing? And I just. Yeah, yeah. Went off. You went off. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> hilarious, man. I, man, I wish I, I, I haven't gone to one of his comic corners in a minute, but I definitely remember that was an epic one. <laughs> All right, Sabs, I'm a, I'm gonna jump out of here. But much love to you. Much love to um, Nick, um, and and much love to everybody in the chat. And we're gonna. I'm optimistic as we communicate with each other. As you know, that's one thing I wish Jank would have did. Um, you know, Bree is totally open to having a conversation with him. He has a show literally called The Conversation, which comes on before TYT, like that he can invite Bree to. So they should definitely have that conversation. And I think he would actually find that he's wrong on Bree. As we all know who listen, I listen to Bree all the time. She is definitely a, a true leftist that is part of DSA. She's part of the socialist alternative. Like, I don't know why you could call him a right wing person. Anyway, we could talk about that's a whole nother show. All right. Have a great one, Saps. Thanks, you too. Yeah, I think Jeek was just trying to get attention for TYT. But um, all right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this segment of Call In. I am signing off. Everyone, please have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in.